It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And today is the big game. No, Mike, it's, the game su- it's the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl. The NFL oh has God. no has no legal grounds to keep you from saying it. It's not yeah. Voldemort, so I will be saying it on this exactly. podcast. <laughs> what, what a superb owl we're, we're re- getting ready for today. Um I think, uh, you know, we, we normally do two games. We don't know what the, the status of this, this game will be if we do a, record another one. Um, so we'll let you guys know. But, you know, I'm ready for surprising commercials. I know some companies have come back for the first time in over 10, 15 years. Um, so, yeah, getting ready for that this afternoon around, is that 6.30 kickoff, I think? Something like uh, that? Yeah, 6.30, 3.30 West Coast, uh, best yeah. coast time for watching sports, even though I don't really watch sports. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sports ball. Um, Netflix is losing their Marvel properties, Mike. Wah, wah. Mm, I think didn't expect that. We'll talk about that. Yeah, that's, that's a, <laughs> that was a shock, really. Um, the DCEU teases it's heroes this week mm-hmm. not through the super bowl but through its own trailer it dropped on friday and we'll talk about that and more yes as chris said historically we liked the bookend this super bowl sunday with two episodes of the podcast but in the past i feel like uh the commercials and the trailers have mm. not been exclusive to the big game uh i mean we're talking about what three Three, two trailers today already uh, yeah. that aired way before earlier in the week, technically in a previous week, because today is the start of a new week. And uh, I'm just really curious, like, what's going to happen at the Super Bowl? Are we just going to get a 30 second teaser of a trailer that came out five days ago and telling us to go watch the trailer that was published five you know, days ago? You know what you're going to get? You're going to get a, a, a 15 second saying, hey, go to the metaverse and watch our trailer. Oh, at the Miller Light no. Tavern. Chris, knock it off. I, well, I'm I hate serious. You. That's what Miller Lite's doing. They're like, you can only watch the trailer in the metaverse. And I'm like, this is the absolutely ignorant. Like, just put it on YouTube. Or, or, <laughs> or we'll, we're going to wait till it's on YouTube. Someone's going to put it there. So don't, yeah. don't do this. It's but. just insanity. It's, I, it's weird to say it's kind of cheapened the day because as as a listener, you know, Chris and I do not really care so much about professional sports. sports we're ball. just here. For, we're just here for the media frenzy, and it feels like the media frenzy has been has been toned down a bit. But the Super Bowl halftime show is billed to be something pretty crazy. I always love hopping on uh, Twitter and just like keeping up with the conversation during the game. So we'll see how it goes. If, if anything, this is all in your favor because now we get to talk about some of these trailers earlier and then maybe it saves Chris and I the headache of having to record a podcast uh, for him much later. I mean, yeah. sometimes it's like 10, 11 o'clock at night, depending on how the game goes, uh, when Chris and I get the yeah. hop back on the horn to talk about what our favorite commercials are. But if we're not too thrilled with the game today, just stay tuned, stay subscribed. We'll talk about some stuff uh, next week on the podcast yeah. for sure. We're, we're always making our next episode list literally the second this one in. So um, if we don't get to it uh, this evening, it'll be covered next week. And honestly, um, 
sometimes some of the news about those trailers comes out over the week anyway, so mm-hmm. um, it might be might be better suited for next week. But um, yeah. But Chris, real quick before yeah. you dive into what you've been up to this week, what additional bonus tidbits that you have for us? Uh, I, I don't want you to run through all of the snacks that you're eating for the Super Bowl. Oh, but what's gosh. the what's the what's the single one you're most looking forward to to either trying or eating today? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so what I have, have served up here is a nice shrimp cocktail that I've been Ooh, I've been doing. Classic. Um, the cocktail is the St. Elmo's cocktail sauce from uh, the uh, St. Elmo's restaurant uh, in Indianapolis, which is like, I would say over fifty percent horseradish. Like yeah, it's, it's like they great. It's like they great horseradish until they have this mound of it like snow, and then they just like are like almost like slowly adding like I feel like from like an eyedropper of like uh-huh. what is it like tomato sauce until it's like yeah. just viscous enough to dip in it is intense yeah i went it, to a i went to a family gathering once where i'd never had it before and somebody was just like oh try some of that cocktail sauce and then just me being an idiot you know i put dunk like little shrimp up, in there yeah. and i'm just like holy crap yeah it'll, it, it burns your nose it cleans your sinuses out that's not much horseradish in there. i just love it you know i i only pull it out for special occasions this isn't something i do so that that's on my list and then um we have um you know, my 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 go-to is my Velveeta Rotel Hormel chili dip. Just uh, a, a Chris, little, little pot of it with with. But last year, remember we talked about this. My wife makes the pigs in a blanket, dip mm-hmm. those in, yellow winner. Chris, what a great pivot! Because the the number one thing I'm looking forward to today is uh, we've asked about our fans in the past to send in some of their favorite uh, Super Bowl sides, and Super Fan Jim uh, in a previous year had sent me his family's like Velveeta chili dip thing. So when we were heading to the store yesterday to uh, to load up our accoutrement, if you will, uh, I reached out to Jim and I asked him, "Hey, what was that stuff in that dip?" So he sent me the recipe again. I had to make a couple little tweaks based on the quantity that I was making, which was uh, smaller. But uh, and I didn't—they didn't have the exact same cheese soup. I didn't even know they made Campbell's made cheese soup, but apparently that uh, incorporates with the Velveeta. So this is going to be a crazy dip. Uh, it's a little different than uh, what Jim sent over, but I think it'll be in the same spirit. So I'm looking forward to giving that a shot. We got the Frito scoops. We got the Tostito scoops. We got wheat yep. thins. We got ruffles. We're ready to dip today. Um, and I'm not ready for this first little tidbit that you have here in our show notes. Uh, yeah. Lay it on me, Chris. Yeah. So um, the the ever infamous movie pass, uh, if you remember, you subscribed mm-hmm. to their service. It gave you uh, up to, was it one movie a day um, in any theater you wanted to, I believe? They might have done unlimited at some point. But I remember it was at least a movie a day. And um, in, in any theater of your choice. And this was like the, you know, industry disruptor, if you will. They were like, mm-hmm. this is the way it's going to go in the future. I uh, mean, they create th- from their crazy business. They created uh, what is it? AMC A list. Um, yeah. I just subscribed actually to the Cinemark one because I was kind of doing some math the other day because it's, well, it was January, beginning of the year. I have a list already of all the movies I know for sure I'm going to be seeing in theaters this year since it's finally safe to go back. And I started, I opened up a freaking Google sheet and I started doing the math of just like, oh yeah, I'll save money if I get this, uh, this Cinemark movie pass thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm part of a club now. Well, you'll have to let me know how Cinemark is. I'm an A-list premiere member or an AMC premiere member, not A-list member. Um, but my closest movie theater is a Cinemark. I just didn't think their deal was good for me because I don't like I don't like their experience in my mm-hmm. in my neck of the woods. But that's 
That's fine. So Movie Pass, they immediately um, after this gathered a lot of attention and news. It, it pretty much went bankrupt and closed down, right? Like mm-hmm. the the movie theaters were not no longer playing ball. The costs were getting out of control, so on and so forth. Well, the original co-founder and CEO was able to rebuy Movie Pass at like some sort of federal auction i think um <laughs> because of its assets and they've they're they announced that movie pass 2.0 is coming and from my understanding is you buy into it and it's a credits based system so you get credits and you can earn more credits by watching ads now here's the part that i like dislike about this the most they use your camera on your phone or your computer to make sure you're watching the ads um, they're using essentially FaceTime to say, are you watching this ad? Or are you just dicking around while it plays in the background? Like you, people do on their free to play games, right? On their phone. Oh my God. That is so weird. <laughs> yeah. So they have, they've, they've gone above and beyond. Um, they say, you know, this is going to be the future movie past 2.0, get your credits, earn more credits by watching ads, but we're going to watch you watch our ads. Um, so this is how they're making money is by selling ads now, but like, the, I, I think they've overstepped their boundaries a little bit on this. I can like this is like so I can only imagine everybody responded with the uh, with the the scene from that very early on Black Mirror episode, right, where they're in like this this dystopian kind of like screen hellscape, and when they have to watch an ad, like it literally makes them watch the ad. They have mm. to open up their eyes and watch it. But then also like movie pass almost just seems like the crate the craziest kid that you ever had in your like uh, elementary school class right they're just like balls to the wall you don't know what they're gonna do but like you kind of just stick around to see what happens like movie pass has kind of that weird credibility to them right yeah. they're just like they'll do anything they don't care if it hurts themselves they'll climb any tree you'll just to watch them fall down mm-hmm. I mean we've all seen them burn right but now that they're back it's just like oh, okay I guess you're right. they're glutton for punishment. Yeah, I mean, who knows if, if this will be um, something that comes back. How many movies are coming out right now? Are people clamoring to go to the theaters at this moment? Um, I, I think it's an interesting time to launch it, but, you know, some people love this. Uh, you know, we have a um, friend of the show, Quentin. Uh, he um, He's a big movie pass fan of the original version. I think he, he milked that like it was nobody's business when it first came out. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I think, you know, it's a great idea if you like going to the movies and you have access and ability, but... The ad thing with the "Hey, we're gonna watch you watch our ads" is a little much, even for me. And I'm I'm someone who works in marketing um, as a full time job. I'm like, yeah, you. This is just uh, no, no good. So, um, we'll keep you guys posted as this, you know, of course has news. But I'm gonna move our way into the the yin and yang of 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 the movie season. And that is the Academy Awards and the Raspberry Awards, Mike's. Mm-hmm. So the Academy Award nominations were able to come out. And the only thing I was able to pull, Dune got a lot of uh, nominations. That's fine. But uh, for comic book movies, um, and some consider this a, su- a snub, if you will, Spider-Man No Way Home uh, only got one nomination for visual effects. And Shang-Chi also got that same nomination for visual effects. <laughs> so they're going up against each other. I mean, like, Come on, people. I mean, this is exactly the type of nomination that you can expect for for these films. These movies already got their award, and it was called The Box Office, right? You know, these Academy Award-nominated movies basically almost make squat diddly compared to, like, Spider-Man, right? So it's like, don't be sad. Like, this was, like, a corporately made movie, right, that turned out very, very well. Like, I'm not disappointed it was, like, a movie made by committee. It turned out great. And, like, 
the director's great too, but nobody's talking about the choices the director made, you know, in this film, right? You know, mm-hmm. these are more like choices like Feige or the producers made of oh, what what can we pull off in this film, right? Like this this isn't the type of movie that's rewarded at the Academy Awards. Like remember, this is an Academy of Motion Pictures, right? These these are the type of people that nominate yeah. the film. So yeah, like. Well, on the flip side of that, you know, that doesn't mean it's a bad movie. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. The, the 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 people's choice, the 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 fans, the the people who go to see it, the box office obviously speaks numbers. Um, and mm-hmm. it speaks how 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 good it is. Now, it's just you know, I the the criteria and how they they hold themselves up to, you know, like you said, the the Academy Awards. You're going to see a lot more. Um, I, I wouldn't say artsy films. I I think. To me, Dune doesn't belong in these categories. Uh, it might be under visual effects, but I don't think Dune changed my world in terms of movies either. Like, mm-hmm. um, there, 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 there are things that we perceive as right and things that we perceive as wrong as they get nominated. Um, but who knows who will who will win this year? Um, for sure, I love the I love the argument that people make of saying, "Oh, the Academy needs to nominate more popular movies if they want people to actually watch the Academy Awards." And I w- I'm just thinking. I don't think the Academy cares too much about the ratings of the Academy Awards, right? I think uh, hopefully they care more about the integrity of the award and uh, who, you know, just who wins them. But well, I know, don't know. I've, I've never been one to really sit down and watch the Academy Awards anyway. So the list at the end of the night's way quicker to read than all the, um, mm-hmm. the speeches. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, w- when, when the apps make you watch the commercials at the Academy Awards, that's, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, usually they, they, I'm they might be more usually I'm just pulling up like a Twitter thread of somebody who's just compiling all the winners while I'm watching something else that I'd prefer to watch that night. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, you, you can um, was it multitask pretty quickly on on some of that stuff. So there's that. But on the flip side, there are the Raspberries, the Razzies, mm-hmm. if you will, the worst movie nominations. And while these are not you know in the Academy, these are you know for fun. They've been doing this for years. Um, what I definitely agree with in the top. Um, you know, I, I, a lot of these for bad I've not seen or, or even heard of, but Space Jam: A New Legacy is in there for Ooh, worst movie of the year. Dookie and, and <laughs> um, Jesus, I just I, I I forgot about that really until I saw that on the list. So mm-hmm. definitely do that. And then this year there is literally a Bruce Willis category. Um, <laughs> he has was it one two three four five six seven eight yeah. movies in twenty twenty one. Um, so there's now a category called the worst performance by Bruce Willis in a 2021 movie. Yeah. I'll use this as an opportunity to recommend one of my favorite YouTube channels, Red Letter Media. They just this week uh, released um, a whole video about them breaking down Bruce, Bruce Willis's like latest career, right? He has like in the last two years released, I think 11 movies or something like that. So they sat down and watched them all and like reviewed them all. And they're all obviously awful, but there's also a Vulture article that was written somewhat recently about um, they're calling these movies geezer teasers, which I think is hilarious name because they're just pulling an old an old kind of actor who used to be popular, you know, Mm -hmm. slapping them in a movie for like maybe two scenes. Right. And then putting their face on the poster and then getting the old boomers to rent them at Redboxes. So um, it's a uh, the article's great the uh, the YouTube video at Red Letter Media is great and it's it's hilarious I'd I'd recommend go checking it out 
just so you can kind of see some of the clips from these movies. Uh, there is hilarious filmmaking going on where they're shooting body doubles from the neck down because they can't get Bruce Willis uh, enough on the set to do anything. Yeah. Uh, really awful ADR, green screening. It's just all the well, worst one, stuff. One and, of the movies I, I heard, or maybe it was a commercial, they just CGI'd him and he did just he came and just did the voice work. And I think oh, it was like, maybe like a foreign film, like almost CGI'd in the whole way through. That I, I very much could believe that, but they also did highlight he did a a Russian vodka commercial and he wasn't even in it. He just licensed his face for a deep yeah. fake. Yeah, so it's it just, yep. it's yep. just, uh, you just theorize, right? Like, Oh, is he in money trouble? Does he just not give a shit anymore? And he just yeah. wants to cash out his name and just, I don't know, go buy an Island somewhere. Who knows what's going on with Bruce Willis, but, yeah. uh, what a crazy, uh, what a crazy, uh, category to add to the yeah, reality. A whole category for somebody. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so those, those are out, and that's that's out and about. So that's kind of what I've kind of been, you know, um, following this week. I, I've been I've been a little busy. Um, Mike knows this. We talked about this kind of in depth, kind of geeked out a bit. I got my pinball machine in this week, and I've been setting up to play um, not just the tables it comes with, but like all like sixty something pinball FX three tables I have, uh, including a dozen or so Marvel, more Star Wars, so on and so forth. And um, so that's been that's been my week, Mike. But you you've been able to watch a little bit more, it looks like here. Yes, I have a couple of recommendations for uh, the listeners out there. A Peacock miniseries by the name of Wolf Like Me, starring Josh Gad and Ela Fisher. Um, interesting experience with this one, uh, because when I first started seeing ads slash trailers for it, they kept it very cryptic. They didn't really tell you anything about the show, except for these two famous people were in it. And there's some sort of like dramatic maybe like romance, maybe kind of thriller aspects to it. And then I didn't really make me want to watch the show, unfortunately, because I was like, what is this show even about? And then more recently, they've cut a trailer that shows a lot more what happens in the miniseries and kind of almost ruins the the premise slash twist that they reveal early on. But it's like a double-edged sword because that kind of reveals what got me to watch the show. So I don't want to spoil it for anybody out there. Um, it, the premise is very interesting. It's only six episodes. It's billed as a mini series, but of course, if it ever gets enough eyeballs, I'm sure they'll try to turn it into something with multiple seasons. But, uh, uh, watch at least the first episode. I think you'll be very intrigued with how it ends. And who knows if I end up talking about this later on the show, weeks down the road, I'll just go ahead and, and reveal like the, the premise uh, slash twist. But I thought it was really interesting. Uh, it's like this. It ends up being like a sweet, like romantic story with kind of like this, uh, this fun addition to it. So Wolf Like Me over on Peacock, if you want to see uh, if you want to see Olaf and uh, Borat's wife. Right. You know, that's a that's another way to. Is, say their names. This is way too late to say it, but also Peacock is where you can watch the Super Bowl this year, as Mike also pointed um, out. Yep, that's where and I'll I, be watching it. And um, you know, while you've been talking about, I've been looking at their it's with their premium plan, which is the one you have, correct, Mike? Mm-hmm. It's not yeah, the free plan. So what's the uh, yeah? I they have like three different tiers. There's free, like the free premium and premium plus. Yeah, I don't have premium plus. I just have premium. Yeah. Um. So, uh, but there's a seven day trial. I didn't know that. Uh, I'm gonna be signing up for it. Uh, probably while you talk about your next topic. Yeah, here I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to be signing up for it to watch the Super Bowl. But next up is a show called Ghosts. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you're probably just curious what is this show about. And Tell if me, you do know what ghosts? I'm, <laughs> if you do know what I'm talking about, the very next question you say is which one, Mike? 
And that's because there is an original comedy show called Ghosts, which aired on the BBC, I believe somewhat recently. We've been watching the first season of it, and uh, it looks very modern. It's probably within the last uh, few years. There's three seasons on um, streaming on HBO Max from the BBC. And like most BBC shows, uh, very short seasons. First season, six episodes. Season two and season three are seven episodes. So we'll be done binging this show in, in no time. But what I didn't know is there's an American remake of Ghosts on CBS slash Paramount that is actually going over really, really well. I've heard a lot of really good things, but uh, we don't have Paramount uh, Plus in this household. So I was like, oh, we'll watch the original one. And then when I get around to getting Paramount, you know, for the Halo show, uh, we'll go ahead and we'll watch the the CBS version of Ghosts. So I thought this this might just be a good time to 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 send the flag up the flagpole that, you know, we could possibly have another American office on our hands, right? You know, sometimes you can really, really uh, capitalize on a, on a British remake. So, Ghosts, go check it out. The original on HBO Max or the CBS version, I guess, on Paramount+. Plus. And then uh, Chris reminded me of this. Uh, there's this new show on Netflix called Murderville, yes. which is, um, is a, a scripted comedic show about uh, a character played by Will Arnett, a detective trying to solve a crime each episode. But the twist is he has a new partner every episode, which is a famous person that goes by their name and they do not have a script. And then by the end of the episode, they have to guess who the killer is. It's just, it's really funny. Uh, I know that you haven't had a chance to watch it yet, Chris, but the very first uh, guest partner is Conan O'Brien, which he's like, you know, he's like an improv, you know, God. And he does such a good job at at some parts where you would just assume that he has a script, right? Because he's doing it so well. And then this almost gives you a little bit of an insight into like, you know, how you've heard like, you know, how Judd Apatow shoots movies and TV shows where you know a lot of the time it's just improv or I believe um, uh, Larry David does this as well where you kind of just go in with a rough outline and you let the actors just go at it uh, this kind of gives you an insight of like kind of how that would work right you know if you're funny and you're talented enough you can just kind of like wing it and everybody just uh, has fun with each other so it's it's really funny and it almost turns into a little bit of game at the end I think my favorite episode so far is the Kumail Nanjiani one, which will tie it back to the Superhero Slate show because he was in the Eternals. I don't remember his name. Do you remember his name in Eternals, Chris? Kingo. Kingo? Was it Kingo? I was actually thinking Kingo. I should have said that. I would have got it right, damn it. How dare you? (laughs) So uh, Murderville on Netflix, pretty funny. I think there's like six or eight episodes, so that's a quick one as well. Mm-hmm. And then, Chris, uh, a short little story time here. Uh, we went to go see Moonfall, the new oh. Roland Emmerich disaster movie yesterday. And, Chris, I, kn- I know what you might be thinking. You might be saying, Mike, please spare me from spoilers. Please don't spoil this movie for me. I'm going to see it at some point. It is a Actually, Roland Emmerich movie. I'm a millennial. I think yeah. we're required to go see these, right? Well, actually, I've I've already listened to several reviews on it, so you can't spoil me. Um, (laughs) Well, there's no way I could possibly spoil you, Chris, because we walked out of the movie before it even started. Uh, I bought the tickets for the film a few days ago because we wanted wanted to go see it with a friend. It was going to be like, oh, this is going to be a great dumb movie watch. We've heard really bad things about this, but let's just go. Let's just go watch the spectacle unfold on the screen. 
this movie has been doing really bad at the box office, so I'm sure like nobody's even gonna be in this theater. And at our specific movie theater, like really old movies or movies that aren't selling well are kind of relegated to their basement theaters, which feels like you're in like a train car. It's like these really narrow theaters. There's barely any seats in there. And uh, when I bought our tickets, we were the only ones in the theater. So I was like, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to have this whole theater to ourselves." Uh, well, things got bad quick. <laughs> we, we showed up to the movie theater and I was like, oh, I'm going to, we're waiting for our friend to show up. So I'm going to pull up the, my phone and I'm just going to check to see how many tickets have been sold in this theater. Uh, and lo and behold, like the, this small little theater is almost totally sold out. I was like, okay, good on you, Moonfall. You know, you're, you're bringing in some more audiences. Uh, you're getting, uh, you're getting some more box office revenue. You know, I, and maybe this will be better, right? Even more people in the theater will all going to be laughing ridiculously at this uh, Roland Emmerich spectacle. Uh, until we start walking towards the front of the movie theater, Chris, and we see a literal gaggle, a horde of 10-year-old boys running around like psychopaths. They are literally jumping on top of each other. They're like standing on each other's like shoulders, like... um, like totem poles and there's like these two resigned mothers just off to the side just like what is going on like we cannot even wrangle these children and then when we walk into the theater i start doing analysis of the showtime list very very deeply of like okay what movie could these children possibly be going to is it our movie is there anything else could these mothers be making the really bad parenting choice and taking them to the new jackass movie i would appreciate that and they'd Mm -hmm. probably really enjoy the jackass movie uh, but lo and behold, our showtime for Moonfall is the only movie playing at this current time. So I'm going, oh my God, no, this is going to be awful. So we get into the theater. The kids aren't in there yet. Okay, maybe there's a chance they showed up really early and they're just they're just uh, waiting it out until their next movie. And then just as the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 trailer starts, this horde of children walks in fills the theater they're going wild they're talking about how they love sonic they're t- they're gonna see this movie it's crazy it's, they're sitting on the floor they're all over the place and we just all look at each other and we're just like yeah let's just get up and go so we just walked right out up to the ticket counter we're just like can we get our money back and they're just like yeah we saw them walk in <laughs> so <laughs> even the even the employees knew what was going on there I mean, I would I would love to judge these parents harshly, but at the same time, I remember being that age. I remember getting worked up when I was around all my friends. Maybe the best decision wasn't to take all these kids to a movie, right? But yeah. it's like a no-win scenario for everybody involved, except for if it's a birthday party. Who knows? This kid is probably making memories for yeah. the rest of his life here. So... Uh, what a hard place to be in, but this is just my little story of I haven't had a chance to see Moonfall yet because of a bunch of ten-year-olds. But well, yeah, that good, good, good for good for them. I, I, I mean, how many um, do they have? Like open jars of jalapenos, like around. So, like, <laughs> I that really just... didn't did not stick around long enough to find okay. out. <laughs> well, that's what I thought. I thought it was going to be something else worse, but that is that is good to know. I've only ever walked out of one movie myself, and it was World War Z. Um, so. <laughs> But that was because, like, a group of people came in 30 minutes late and were on their cell phones the whole time. So oh, I would much Lord. rather use your experience than the one I had. So I understand completely. Yeah. And the thing is, rowdy movie theaters can be really, really fun. Mm-hmm. But these 10-year-olds are not rowdy for the right reasons. I need them to yeah. be rowdy for the movie we're about to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
Well, sorry to hear that. Let's let's shift gears. Let's talk about the moon in another light, if you will, mm-hmm. with Moon oh, Knight. Oh, Chris, I love that segue. Great job. Boom, roasted. So Empire Magazine's coming out later this month, and of course they put the covers on line this uh this week and uh, they show us off the first suit the big oscar isaac in the full moon knight suit and um i've got to be honest i really dig this suit mike like this is Mm -hmm. we see here classic Moon Knight. he's got the cape he's got the widow's peak cowl it's he's covered in bandages he's using um again like little moon half moon crescent moons to really you know accentuate the stuff and then also his uh, bloody ones in his hands and knuckles um, kind of mm-hmm. gives away some brutality here. And the texture, I don't know if you, you zoomed in close enough, Mike, to see the texture on the suit, but it looks really, really good. I'm thoroughly impressed how much they're leaning into the Moon Knight suit when they could have easily paired it back for for you know the big screen, if you will. Yes, <laughs> after really da- after uh, downloading a Blender the other week and learning how to render even the simplest, most objects, I'm very familiar with textures now. And I'm just yeah. like, man, that probably took a while to render. Well, probably not on a Marvel machine, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, this just makes me think of the trailer we saw just the other week. And just I just remember the intensity of it, right? So yeah. I, I just I have I have uh, a positive positive vibe about this uh, nice. about this uh, series. Yeah. I think the other thing um, is interesting about this. If you look at his mask, his eyes are white, but his um, pupils are even whiter, if you will. Yeah, he's got little white pupils. Yeah. Like, so um, you can probably see where he's looking rather than just have the, the generic white um, mm-hmm. kind of cowl, if you will, that you see in a well, lot of the comic books. Well, and and also, too, uh, I'm not 100% sure on um, what the uh, interpretation of the costume is supposed to be in the uh, in the comic books, but it looks like uh, his 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 face is kind of exposed. Uh, I even I think there's like you can kind of see even like grayish eyebrows, right? So uh, I I think uh, we're under the assumptions that we'll be seeing Moon Knight emote. Yeah, yeah. Good. And my guess is it's probably very CG suit, um, mm-hmm. and just kind of masked over Oscar Isaac's performance as well. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, it looks good. I'm really, really digging it. Um, but the big thing is people are going crazy over the Mr. Knight suit. Empire released another image showing Moon Knight in his white suit uh, and, and mask here um, that was, has been made popular in the comic books the past, past few years. So he looks to have what appears to be almost identical to Daredevil's billy clubs, if you will, <laughs> in his hands. A very pristine white suit, white jacket, tie, everything. And then the mask he's wearing is more form-fitting, less texture, but there's like a line that splits it down the middle a little bit, mm-hmm. um, kind of making it an asymmetrical mask here. I, I enjoy this. I, I'm glad to know they're going down different suits, um, and and how will they implement this into the the show itself? I don't know, but I'm very yeah. excited to see this. Well, we, we've seen kind of like the mysticism kind of magic envelop Oscar Isaac in the first suit in the trailer, so yeah. I guess you could assume that. It would be kind of like almost like a symbiote of fabric, maybe yeah. that kind of like can take any shape or form, yeah. maybe depending on what type of uh, uh, altercation or since this is all kind of like a, about, a, you know, different personalities, maybe a yeah. different personality is inside of the suit. Yeah, I, I could also imagine, honestly, maybe being inside his head um, rather than, you know, a, a physical um, representation of the suit as well. Like, you know, um, maybe maybe Kanchu takes this look instead of the big spooky uh, bird beak thing to, to talk mm-hmm. to him at some point. So I, I don't know. There's a lot of questions. Uh, I believe we will be getting a trailer today during the Super Bowl. Um, 
I, I don't know. We're going to find out um, here in a couple hours. So uh, I think these, these images are, are pretty cool, and I'm, um, I'm glad we got a look at them here before we, we kick it off. Uh, jumping into the next one, Miss Marvel has potential uh, episode titles leak, and I'm going to say take this with a huge grain of salt here, Mike. Huge grain. Um, because, you know, we're going to go through these, and I'll tell you why. So the first one's called Kamala Khan and Biggin, then followed by uh, five weekly episodes called Lock and Jaws, The Woman I Look Up To, New Kid on the Block, My Faith, and Only Here to Save the World. Now, I believe these titles are, are fairly you know representative of of the show as a whole uh lock and jaws is interesting because lock jaw as you remember from the mm. beloved inhumans show um is a, an inhuman dog and kamala and, and lock jaw in the comic books have a you know a, a, a good relationship because she is an inhuman now does this mean inhumans are going to be in the show i don't know is this a, a um like a i guess a, a red herring if you will um, who knows? I don't know. But the other part of this that makes me kind of like sprinkle my, my, my rumor salt on this heavily is that they say the show will debut May 13th. Um, we're going to talk about a show that's debuting May 25th later. And I mm-hmm. don't think we'll have any overlap this year, Mike, if I'm going to be honest, between um, Disney Plus properties. But uh, I would gladly, gladly be wrong in this situation. But um, one week after Doctor Strange, I, I'm, just not, I'm just not feeling it. I feel like well, we're... I mean, I feel like that first title is very, very promising, right? Kamala Khan and Biggin, because the only thing that we've kind of been seeing about this show power-wise is that, like, she might have, like, crystal gauntlets, and they're kind of just changing her power set, and everybody was really nervous about that. But if this is called Kamala Khan and Biggin, like, well, that's her power set, right, to Biggin. Uh, so if that actually happens, you know, maybe we actually are getting the Kamala Khan that we've seen in the comic books. So, um, yeah, Yeah. Uh, the release date, you know, one thing that we've learned the last two years is release dates are the most fungible things, right? Uh, at this point in time. So maybe it's, that's just some old info who knows, but, but the title seem classic Kamala. And the title seemed pretty like you know again in big and lock and jaws the woman I look up to is she she looks up to Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. new kid on the block you know maybe they have to move because you know for her abilities my faith she's from an Islamic family and only here to save the world you know makes sense as well so I I think the titles are realistic just I don't think the date is so um, you know we'll we'll probably learn more about this this would be a it, the big surprise for the Super Bowl trailer would be Miss um, Marvel or She Hulk trailer I think um, in the Disney Plus side of things. Uh, so I'd be interested to see if they, they have anything here, maybe even a small tease of it. I mean, that would be a way to show our abilities off um, for real would be this this uh, this game. Uh, speaking of Marvel streaming properties, let's talk about the, the craziest news this week, Mike. Uh, <laughs> if you go to Netflix right now and choose any of the Marvel shows, they say that they are leaving the service March 1st. Uh, and what we thought would was a never-ending deal with Netflix, um, Marvel. Uh, I guess the the rights are, are now up for grabs on those shows. They do not. They are not Netflix originals. In fact, um, in the terms that Netflix owns them, now they could be going to any other um, streaming service that Disney uh, slash Marvel deem necessary or, or worthy. Um, and those shows include Daredevil, Jessica Jones, The Punisher, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Defenders. All of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which are also already on Disney+, Plus, um, but shared on Netflix. 
Marvel Superhero Adventures Frostfight and Marvel's Hulk Where Monsters Dwell. Um, we, we always worry about the live action ones, the Defenders series. Um, so, you know, after the the appearances of some of these characters in Marvel properties, it would be nice to have them under one umbrella, right? On Disney Plus. I think that would be a great yeah. place for them. Yeah, I would say Agents of Shield and then the the animated uh, things could definitely end up on Disney Plus. But... They're already there. Uh, they're already there. They're shared. Um, but yeah. they're leaving Netflix. But it does make me wonder. Like, there is some pretty salacious uh, lovemaking scenes in uh, at least Jessica Jones. I know I haven't been a completionist for a lot of this Netflix stuff, but they are. They get graphic and they get sexual, right? And mm-hmm. Disney Plus has been known for CGing out a mermaid's butt in Splash, right? So I would be yeah. surprised if they ended up on Disney+, Plus. but if they did, I think that would be a sign that Disney is more open to creating a kind of a more diverse catalog when it comes to age range, right? Um, you know, and I think parents like the idea of Disney+, Plus kind of being safe for their kids yeah. to click on anything, but, you know, if Disney really wants the to increase the library of the you know, of the app, they could always just make a little kids section, so, right? I mean, that's what every other app does. So Disney Plus outside of America already has this. They've actually implemented their Hulu offerings into Disney Plus. Um, I think they call it Disney Plus Star. Um, Isn't it like Disney Hot Star or Star or something yeah, like they, that? They, yeah, with Star. So like they have the Star. It's built into Disney Plus. They go to Star and that's the adult properties. Like they, they know what it is. Like I think Daredevil, or not Daredevil, Deadpool other R-rated films were in that that world so i could see them maybe even including some like you know um some warnings on some of these things like you know um you know recommendations on maybe the thumbnails or the descriptions maybe a double verification before you play it on disney plus because i'd like to have them all in one place if i could be completely honest i don't want to have disney yeah. plus and hulu to watch all the marvel stuff if i wanted to um, yeah even though right now you have to have disney plus and netflix but if they're all going to one home, that'd be great. But the you know the the, the idea is like you're right, you know the 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 sex scenes in Jessica Jones, the honestly the the blood and death and Punisher is even I think even <laughs> worse. Um, they could go to Hulu probably before they go to Disney Plus because of that yeah. content, sadly. But you know uh, Disney here in America, Disney Plus, they have the Marvel Legacy tab. That might be a good place to put them, depending on whether whether where they consider them canon now that the multiverse exists uh i think the biggest takeaway for me out of this news though is no matter what anybody tells you right whether they're a hollywood news reporter an insider uh, a really popular you know marvel influencer nobody knows the legalese of any of these deals ever right only the lawyers and the studios know and they're only ever going to release the information that makes both parties look the best right you know i'm not saying if when this news was announced they say like oh this is going to be like a eight ten year deal that we're going to do and then and then after like you know that amount of time all this stuff is going to leave our platform you know uh you know obviously that kind of uh muddies the minutiae of the announcement and the news right but i think we all just assumed that these were just going to stay on netflix they were netflix originals but i guess the definition of what a netflix quote-unquote original is has changed over time it was originally on netflix yes exactly so i think this is just a good kind of reminder for everybody out there like we're all armchair legal quarterbacks when it comes to all of these ip rules and news Mm -hmm. and things like that when anybody tells you they know exactly how the relationship between sony marvel and spider-man is panning out nobody really knows until we know so we're all just kind of shooting in the dark (laughs) yeah exactly and yeah this is 
I, and, and honestly, I don't think it's it's bad news for Netflix. Um, you know, I think I think they're fine carrying their own stuff. No one they haven't made these shows since what 2017, maybe 2018. Yeah. For well, also. They they did what they were supposed to do. It, it, it drove subscribers to their platform, and they might lose a very small amount of subscribers when all of these shows leave Netflix. But wouldn't it be weird, right, to think of a Netflix subscriber who is only sticking around for just these specific Marvel these old, shows these old that shows have that been done airing? Yeah, so it's almost kind of like... They've run their course. You know, who knows? Maybe this deal would have cost Netflix way more money if they wanted them indefinitely yeah. or if they wanted them for 20-plus years. Yeah. And this also could be a good sign that Marvel has definitely learned their lessons of indefinite licensing from back in the day when they were yeah. trying to save themselves from bankruptcy, I'm, right? I wonder, I wonder you know? who did that. Uh, Jeff Loeb? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think I think it's it's not bad. I just um they will announce where it goes. I think uh for March. So, um I actually have some physical Blu-rays of Daredevil. Um on um I was actually looking at it the other day. My wife got me for uh I think Christmas or my birthday several years ago, and I was mm-hmm. like I was like I probably need to sell these. Well, if they go off, you know, of uh, Netflix, I'm like I bet the price of these is going to shoot up pretty pretty quickly. If people can't watch it on Netflix anymore. So, um. They're all European imports. I don't think the U.S. did any, any physical media for these. So, um, very, very interesting to see this. And we'll, we'll, if anything else pops up, we will make sure to let you guys know where the new homes for these are as soon as they uh, get there. Let's just some gears into some DC stuff. So, Mike, you tried to buy your Batman tickets this week, um, but the IMAX um, special preview day that they announced earlier this week was sold out immediately for you, right? You, you couldn't mm-hmm. get in there because they sold it early. It was supposed to go live on Thursday. Um, to go to that March 1st screening. I was lucky to get in on mine. It's not my preferred seats. I'm on the outskirts of it because it filled up pretty quick. But I'm very excited to get to watch Batman, um, you know, uh, as soon as possible, right? Like, this is one of those movies we we, you, I mean, we even talked about. You want to go in early because things could be ruined pretty quickly in a Batman movie. Um, yeah, possibly. I mean, you, you get the chance to see it on Tuesday. I'll be seeing it on Thursday. This will be the yeah. first film in a long time that I've seen, like, on a normal weeknight, right? Yeah. I'm, fi- I, uh, I'm finally feeling more comfortable to be in more packed uh, settings of Imagine a movie Imagine all theater. the 10-year-olds following you around. Oh, no. I mean, this this is the bonus, right, of a, of a Thursday night showing. You get people that really want to see this movie, yeah. and it filters out a lot of the, uh, the younglings at that point yeah. in time. So that is the bonus of kind of going back to yeah. the movie is how I used to go to the movies. Um, so actually, <laughs> I'm not super worried about spoilers for this movie specifically because you're starting off like a brand new Batman franchise, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's really, uh, there's there's nothing telling of exactly where it's going to go. You know, we might get a, like a post-credit scene that'll be interesting, but I, I think it's going to be pretty much a standard film for the most part. I don't, I don't expect kind of like doomsday to kind of be teased at any point in time in this film, but I, I want to see it. It looks, it's, it's looking more and more intense every trailer I see. Yeah. And I think that's the thing with me is it's maybe not spoilers. I want to go in. I've only watched the last trailer. I think we covered on here and that's it. I don't Mm want to watch any more. I'm, I'm, I don't want to see any more action scenes. I don't want to see more broody Robert Pattinson. Um, I, I don't want to know any more of the Joker's motives or anything like that. So I'm trying to go into this as dark as I can. Um, like oh, literally man. as blind as I can go into this. Blind as a bat, if you blind will. Blind as a bat, dark as the dark night. Dark uh, as the dark night. <laughs> um, the one thing I did get to see in front of Moonfall was a trailer for Uncharted. And if you're trying to go into that movie dark, do not go watch any of the trailers. Like it was one of those trailers that's cut 
in the sense of let's show them literally everything. We just need people to buy tickets to this movie. The whole movie was spoiled for me. It's one of those trailers that shows you every beat of the film. You know how they've they've been obscuring the mustache of the Sully character through all of the trailers? Uh, They even show freaking Sully with the mustache in the trailer at the end. It's just like, what are you doing? It's funny you mention this because remember a couple weeks ago, I'm like, there's a new Uncharted trailer, but I heard it shows everything, so I don't want to put it on here. Apparently you saw it, so despite yeah. my best efforts to protect and you, it should yeah. it sh- it's I believe it even shows off like probably like the third act set piece, and I only believe it's the third act because it looks very similar to kind of what you see in kind of like the final act of the video game. So the whole film has basically been spoiled for me, but I'm probably still gonna see it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, again, I'm not as, as precious. I'm, I might not get around to it right away, but um, yeah, Batman, I'm trying to avoid as much as possible, and I I honestly forget how. I thought this was next week and not two weeks away. Um, I'm like movies or three weeks away. I'm like movies don't come out soon enough. Um, but I'm very excited to go watch this IMAX release. And then on Friday, um, Warner Brothers, uh, in lieu of going to the Super Bowl and putting in trailers, they've released their own trailer called the DC Needs Heroes. Uh, the DC Needs Heroes Caesar. And while it does have Batman clips, I kind of tuned out to those. I was very, very interested in the rest of the shows they tease in this. They actually tease the rest of the year's movies for DC, and it's a big year for DC movies. Four films, right? In their, in their, um, you know, big heroes in the repertoire getting films. I'm actually really, really excited to talk about these, Mike. Um, and the first up is probably the one we had the least on, and that's the Flash. Yeah, so. honestly, I, I'm shocked that this, uh, this trailer overall was not saved for like the Super Bowl or something like that. I mean, I know people are watch they, they watch trailers everywhere now, right? They see them on TV, they see them on Twitter, all over social media, but this uh this trailer on the official Warner Brothers uh, YouTube page has not even cracked 600,000 views yet, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of really crazy stuff in this trailer. It's a really smart idea to put all of your stuff for this calendar year into a really hype trailer, right? Yeah. Why wouldn't you put this in the Super Bowl, right? I know it's only a minute, so it might be, you know, a little bit longer than a thirty-second spot. That plenty of people do, like you know, I think, I minute think spots. Will like make the money back. To yeah, justify this, the advertising. Yeah, exactly. This is almost the perfect amount of time to put. I'm just, I'm just surprised that this is not scheduled for the Super Bowl. But who knows? Like maybe we do end up seeing it tomorrow, well, and just, you know, we well, just didn't know. Well, you mean today? Today, yeah, today. Today's well, well, the Super Warner Bowl. Brothers has, right. Warner, well, as we talked, Warner Brothers has no spots in the Super Bowl. Neither does Sony, so they're 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 not doing it at all. <laughs> um, but what I like about this, you know, again, we saw some Batman stuff. That's fine. The Flash. We'll talk about the other characters in a minute. But the Flash, we get to see his new um, suit image, and he actually, um, the one we have popped up here, the next frame, you get to see him actually get goggles that pop over his eyes, like little. Well, Chris, little if you're going to be running through time and space in the Speed Force, you got to yeah. keep the moisture of your eyes protected. Yeah, exactly. You're you're probably going to have dry eyes. Um, but this suit, it doesn't look like it has the 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 Lucy wire draped all over it like the one did from justice league right it looks mm-hmm. a little more sleek it's got some texture in it some some looks almost like brain matter texture um very very cool looking and then we get to hear also in this michael keaton's voiceover saying you can go to any dimension at any time whatever why would you choose to save this one so i'm very mm-hmm. excited to see this movie kind of come to fruition again we saw two um ezra millers as the flash um you know in the last teaser um, you know, we're, they're they're saving this Batman reveal, Mike. They're they're just saving to actually show us Michael Keaton for the full trailer. But 
I think, you know, in front of the Batman would be a good time to put that, right? Because that's their next movie. You don't want to, you want to. We always, up. we always hope, right? We we always hope the studios will give us what we want, uh, but it usually doesn't happen. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But this is so cool. This is so cool to see the Flash. I think he's the him, him and 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 the the last one we'll talk about are probably the least amount. But I think the coolest bit here is you know the the power of Dwayne the Rock Johnson just out here telling people what to do. He is Black Adam himself, and his little clip here gave us i think more footage than any other movie in here that we've mm-hmm. not seen before including the 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 first video reveals of dr fate played by pierce Brosnan, hawkman and his huge fucking wings uh mm-hmm. like crazy enough it, i i saw it on twitter to begin with so it broke outside of the one by one ratio of the video um mm-hmm. adam smasher running through downtown looks like he's very large kicking some cars and then probably the least um revealing this cyclone um but like she's on a ship of some sort um, mm-hmm. there's a ship in here so i'm i'm very excited like to see these reveals here of these of these characters that we've never ever seen in live action um big screen before they i think they've been on the tv shows so um this justice society is, i think they were even trending on twitter is how how popular this is i think yeah. Hawkman's probably my favorite look out of all these yeah so yeah i suppose this is a good strategy right for your kind of film franchise and universe uh put as much as you can on the back of uh dwayne johnson because yep. you know he can sell tickets he can uh he can affect the box office just with his presence a uh, very proven actor um it is it is strange though that this is all kind of loaded on the character of black adam which is yeah. you know known as like a, a nemesis for shazam which that movie is that sequel is still yet to come so it, it, i'm really really curious here what the strategy here is it is exciting though right you know when we talk about marvel the mcu we have seen so many movies already uh they've they've tackled a lot of really popular storylines we're just kind of thinking oh what are they going to do next what are the new lines that they're going to intertweet inter interwoven but this yeah. is all new I, I still feel like we're still in like all of this like brand new like untouched yeah um you know you just put in down fresh carpet and no one's even really stepped on it yet so well, uh, this is this is exciting we may not know what warner brothers has behind you know um the plans in the long run but at least you know black adam's been teased for how long now like they were making this mm-hmm. another company was it legendary was signed up to make it rather than dc at one point um, you know, Black Adam, he, uh, The Rock looks great in the suit as always. Um, you know, he's gonna, he, he's just, he's just an infectious actor, whether he's playing that role or just playing, you know, Dwayne Johnson on screen again. Uh, he's gonna have superpowers of lightning, but like these ancillary characters, I think, were really cool. And I think Doctor Fate, you know, another, essentially the Doctor Strange of DC being brought into this is gonna be very, very interesting. Uh, yeah. A lot of these characters are also playable on the Injustice video game if you uh, wanted to learn more about them. But, um, I think these clips are really cool. I'd watch the original teaser to see them in action rather than these screenshots we have in our show notes here. Yeah. These are pretty big reveals, though. Everybody, you know, and everybody has their favorite kind of like DC characters, right? So everybody will rank them differently. But Dr. Fate and Hawkman, those are big. Those are big gets to finally get out there in live action. Yeah. And Adam Smasher is interesting because he's technically, I believe, related to or connected to the Atom, uh, you know, played mm-hmm. by Brandon Routh and made popular in the Legends of Tomorrow show. So his suit looks really familiar. He's just um, possibly like a giant man kind of version here running yeah. through the town. So. And 
and I should say asterisks. When I say first time in live action on the big screen, yeah. they, on, they've on, yeah, done, on the big screen. feel like everybody's made their way through the CW verse by now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At this rate, I mean, several of them, multiple times even. So, uh, yeah, check out those things in there. Watch the, the, the clip. And then the last one is you know very very little, but I, I also saw this kind of trending on Twitter a bit. Is um, you know Jason Momoa as Aquaman returning this fall uh, or this winter, November? Uh, so we get the first. Um, live action of his black suit which is essentially if you just gave him a Zack snyder suit um, <laughs> told him to walk around in it and then also uh him on a throne with his hair floating around um i know that all the hair in that those movies are cg but um you know there, there's king aquaman it, sitting in his it looks degree. it looks very awkward for somebody underwater to sit on a chair right yeah. like a, ch- a chair is very pointless underwater yeah. so it almost looks like like it's his shoulders are kind of like floating up with his hair it's like it, it looks uncomfortable why don't you just float <laughs> well to me and I, I hate to be this person it looks like the chair is unfinished cgi um <laughs> and he's like he's very he's very polished and shiny on it and it's like slightly out of focus even though it's on the same like area he is mm-hmm. so like you know obviously we're supposed to look at jason momoa in his orange and green suit as king of of atlantis but like the suit just feels like it's almost there they'll probably have it finished by november but um it hadn't quite got there yet but um they, they got that hair floating in water cgi down mike that's a plug-in now i think, I, I think <laughs> we can buy it put it put it on the show um so that's all you can see in there uh, i think it's a great clip to watch dc's got a lot you know four huge movies coming out swinging this year with Batman, The Flash, uh, Sleeper Hit, I believe with Black Adam, still because of The Rock and Aquaman and The Lost Kingdom. So um, check that out, and, and, and we'll you know, be keeping you posted as we get closer to Batman here in a couple weeks. On the flip side of that, uh, we're going to keep talking about Batman. The Batgirl movie, which is currently filming, we talked a little bit about last week with um, um, J. Jonah, not J. Jonah Jameson, J.K. Simmons, who plays J. Jonah Jameson on set. We actually get to see this uh, Michael Keaton in his original Batman suit on set here. So we knew Michael Keaton was in this movie. Um, now we get to see him in his Batman suit. Look at those big ears, Mike, and that big yellow oval on his chest there. That's just that's classic Batman, isn't it? Like that's that's eighties, eighty nine yeah. Batman right there. Yeah, I'm curious uh, with the the Michael Keaton injection into this uh, universe, um, how his suit portrayal is going to be, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like the audience at least wants to see the original Keaton suit, maybe not necessarily on him, but at least on like a pedestal inside of the Batcave. We just want an acknowledgement that it exists. But I would imagine if he suits back up, it'll be along the same vein, but it'll be like a little updated, right? A little like streamlined or he can move his neck maybe. Yeah. Or like some adornments of just like stuff that they could do now with costuming. So, um, yeah, from this very grainy, blurry, zoomed in smartphone photo, you can see like it does kind of mirror the silhouette of the Keaton Batman. But, you know, it looks like there could be some possibly some different differences like some more gray underneath his breastplate there um like maybe, more than the dark yeah yeah maybe there. there's like a bit of like an inset to the costume or something yeah but, it's hard to say so what this does knowing batgirl has jk simmons and this i believe fully that they're trying to integrate michael keaton into the main dceu post flash universe right because the flash is goes to his universe from the teaser we saw and we do see the old, old suit in there a little bit um, so I, I believe they're going to be bringing him into the DCEU. So um, this will be, uh, if you will, the the Ben Affleck replacement in the DCEU. Um, yeah, but, I mean, but Robert Pattinson will definitely not be. It's it's funny to imagine a world right where maybe Michael Keaton's career 
didn't bounce back or maybe he became a firebrand and like nobody liked him and then like there's a version where this movie is made with Val Kilmer instead mm-hmm. which would be really funny or George Clooney yeah. but uh, I, uh we should be happy that we have Keaton is what I'm yeah. saying I, I would I would I would I would put it on Val Kilmer however you know sadly if he has the throat cancer and hasn't been able to speak in, in several years um but oh I didn't know that about Val Kilmer yeah yeah he's 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 been real real ill the past several years he, I think he's he's coming out of it but I think he's lost I think it like maybe affected his vocal cords. Uh, Whoa, so. that, that's um, awful. Yeah, but um, yeah, George Clooney. No, I don't want that one. We don't need the bat nipple suit at all. <laughs> the bat credit card. Um, but you can check out that photo in our on our show notes. That's fresh. That's that's hot off the presses, Mike. That was this morning. I put steaming here. It is. So let's let's uh, let's shift gears here and go to infinity and beyond uh, with the. Uh, a, a, I guess this is the first full trailer, maybe for for. Lightyear, right? We said we saw a teaser trailer, um, and this kind of expands on that, giving us a little bit more of a look at the action and maybe the story involved mm-hmm. here. Uh, and then a cat robot, which I absolutely <laughs> love. As an owner of three cats, I love that his little uh, robot sidekick uh, is is the a cat, and he does the hissing sound for the white noise. Yes, that is a merchandise Chris will be buying. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, we get a little bit of a story nod of they've been stuck on this planet, so they're trying right to here. sneak their way off of it. There's a little preview of what may or may not be Zerg, Zerg. or a Zerg bot or what exactly is going on there. Uh, same uh, David Bowie, right? Same yes. David Bowie song David in Bowie this song. trailer. Yep. Um, it, it looks like yeah. the world they're crashed on. I don't know. I don't know what like he he's obviously on training and he ends up on a planet stranded later in the movie it looks like right like he wouldn't be an mm-hmm. astronaut for like straight at first but this planet looks like it's like attacking them like it's just like it's not malicious but like hey the the native flora and fauna is like wanting to kill you so let's get off of this planet yeah. after a year um it looks to be i'm curious yeah i'm curious if they'll go canon with the sto- the toy story movies and make zerg buzz lightyear's father right is doesn't that isn't that revealed in like the second toy story like movie the sec- when they're like, on it- it's like the video game or something like that that tells them that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, no, no. I, don't, I thought I, the Zerg toy was reprogrammed to follow them, and that's why it said that. Oh, maybe I don't know, but that would be funny if they found a way to to put this into the Lightyear movie. Yeah. Um, but it looks great. The score, the music in the trailer is great. The animation looks amazing because Pixar is doing this really, really good job lately, where they are giving like these hyper realistic textures, but then also this cartoon look, and it just really vibes really yeah. well to me. Um, it would have been cool if maybe this was a uh, Super Bowl reveal, right? Yeah. Because we we do know that Lightyear is supposed to be one of the commercials, but. It sounds like we'll probably just get a 30-second spot that tells you to go watch this trailer that already came out. But my hope is, who knows, maybe the 30-second Super Bowl spot has a little bit of extra, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. one new reveal. That would be kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I I would love to see something extra than the the earlier trailer. But the trailer is good. I think this will be the first Pixar movie that does not go to Disney Plus, Mike. I think this will be um, the Disney Pixar moneymaker for the year right here. Like. Yeah, Chris mm-hmm. Evans voicing Lightyear a toy, in a Toy Story spinoff. Like, uh, this is the this is the perfect world colliding right here. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, count me in. It looks fun. Looks beautiful. Very very excited to kind of check this out. Even if it has one of those what's that Christopher Nolan Interstellar vibes? In, when oh like, yeah, uh-huh. going to, going to outer space. So um, yeah, we'll definitely be following that and let you guys know. 
Uh, on the flip side, another trailer that dropped early, I thought this was going to be a Super Bowl spot, was Jurassic World Dominion, the third Jurassic World thing. Uh, so this trailer came out, and it shows, like, hey, dinos- after the last one, um, the Jurassic- what's Jurassic World, what's the second one called? Lost? Fallen Kingdom? Fallen, Fallen Kingdom? Kingdom, yeah. Yeah. Uh, dinosaurs are out in the world, so how do you, what do you do? You go get the original cast back together. You get, you know, Dr. Alan Grant, Evelyn Sattler, and Ian Malcolm, and you mix them up with the new cast uh, of, of people. And um, it looks like, honestly, I'm excited, but it looks like it's playing the hits of the old movies. Um, <laughs> like, there's even a plane scene where it's attacked by a pterodactyl or pteranodon, uh, which is, like, from the third movie that nobody liked. Um, but it looks like they could be, like, improving upon it, if you will. Um, there's velociraptors. There's a baby velociraptor, Mike. That's going to be tugging at your heartstrings a little bit. Um, uh, when this uh, when this trailer wrapped, uh, the first thing I thought was, this movie's going to make so much money, right? Yeah. I mean, we know the the Jurassic World... What, what was the first? Was it just called Jurassic World, the yeah, first Jurassic one? Jurassic World was the first one, yeah. Yeah, that one made a ton of money. It's totally synergizing now with the previous franchise, bringing all the actors back. Um, yeah. I, I sat down and I watched the trailer for a second time with my wife, and she had never seen it, seen the trailer before. She didn't even know all of the original actors were returning, and she's a really big fan of the original Jurassic Park franchise. So I put the trailer on, and she was just like, oh, "Why are they making another one of these?" You know, uh, she was kind of. Um, she was kind of vocally distressed that we were watching this trailer. But then uh, all of a sudden, uh, Alan Grant, uh, Ellie Sadler, all of these characters start popping up. And then all of these adventure action scenes pop up. We get to see a dinosaur with feathers. There's this awesome shot where they're, I think they're in like some sort of like downtown, like maybe Italian metropolitan city or something. And there's freaking like two T-Rexes. There's like, velociraptors running down like these like uh these ledges of these buildings and Mm -hmm. stuff and then like (laughs) my wife was like oh that looks good (laughs) so (laughs) this 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 is this is gonna get everybody to go see the film whether you're a fan of kind of like this new reboot franchise or not has everything that you're looking for yeah but the one thing that i keep thinking is jurassic park does not have ownership over the idea of a dinosaur movie i would love to see any other studio attempt to make a dinosaur movie right a modern dinosaur movie take a different spin on it blumhouse go ahead Mm -hmm. make one where you only ever see one dinosaur and it's in shadow all the time but it's like a dino crisis type thing right i would love to see anybody else take a stab at the dinosaur stuff because it's just fun and it's exciting and i think the only other time i've seen dinosaurs like in live action are like what like the journey to the center of the earth or something yeah, there was but, on, like th- that movie's garbage so there was a movie called dinosaurs i think which was made by disney um but that was, was like that was like the, all cg kind of like cartoony well, it was also right? like Din- dinotopia is the one i was trying to get to i believe mm. um, where humans live with dinosaurs yeah they, they've really not done it. i think you know it, it's tricky to do and you know the science and the, and, the, and how the first jurassic park hit so well like they've just been able to to replicate that formula and nobody else has or, had that opportunity. Or go, or go genre. Jurassic Park, uh, you know, does a really smart, uh, realistic interpretation kind of of how this could happen, you know, based mm-hmm. off the original, was it Crichton books, right? Yeah, Michael Crichton wrote Jurassic Park yeah. in The Lost World, yeah. Yeah, it kind of takes this very scientific approach of how this could or couldn't happen, right? Go crazy with it. Like, go very, like, 80s nostalgia. Make an 80s movie with a dinosaur in it or something I, what, or, you know. <laughs> time travel is what I want to see. Maybe maybe it's a time travel. They go back, bring dinosaurs from the past to the to the, to the now. And then that's yeah. How they do it. 
expand on this dinosaurness, or maybe not even a movie. Make like a full budget video game that really focuses on like you know your human character with dinosaurs. I think. I know Turok. um you think in Turok? Turok, uh Horizon Zero Dawn. I know they're not technically dinosaurs, but yeah, they're, they're kind of like big robots, robotic Mesa. ones, yeah. but yeah, I feel like tap into the dinosaur vein. Everybody loves dinosaurs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're back a dinosaur story. Uh, you know, this that was a Spielberg mm-hmm. animated film in the 90s, but yeah, I, love I, I think one. this is fun. I think the other thing is um in this we get to see the Dilophosaurus for the first time since the first one. Mm-hmm. in this one so it, it looked puppet it looked like a puppet so i was really really happy to kind of see that so oh speaking of puppet shots we might be able to talk yeah. about that in the last thing that we talk about at the end of the show yes just so, it just reminded me so hopefully i'll remember <laughs> um so we might not get a jurassic world dominion trailer at the super bowl but i have on strong authority that uh lord of the rings will be there um, but that's not the only thing Amazon's doing. Amazon's also doing a Blade Runner live action series. Um, hmm. Well, that will not be at the Super Bowl because I read my notes out of order, uh, as you probably noticed, and Bruce could let me slide with. Uh, Blade <laughs> Runner is an interesting choice for a live action series. Yeah, um, I, I wonder what the strategy is at Amazon because it's definitely a noticeable and recognizable IP. But I think one thing, unfortunately, about the last Blade Runner film, even though it was very critically well-received, I don't think a lot of people went to go see it. And I remember seeing all of these headlines and think pieces about like what types of movies people want to see at the box office and blah, 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 all of that. Um, so maybe... Mm-hmm. Maybe they feel like this is just kind of like a not like a value bet, but who knows? Maybe the maybe the IP was slightly more affordable as like a premium oh. IP comes, or maybe they feel like you know, oh, if we can just make a really good series, the word of mouth plus the the history of the series will get it out there. I mean, one thing we do know about Amazon, one thing everybody knows about Amazon is they have an unlimited amount of cash to do anything that they want, yeah. and that goes into the Lord of the Rings bullet point as well. So, um, I mean, if you can elevate it, right, and get the series to trend somewhere on the internet, you know, the Blade Runner IP may become, um, I guess, recognizable again. I'm not dunking on it at all because I know people really love the world and everything, but that's the only thing I remember about the last film is that all the headlines that said nobody went and saw the movie. Right. I I think the headlines for the original were the same way. Nobody, nobody saw the first Blade Runner. It was considered a failure, um, but only found life afterwards. Um, really, and I think what's great about Blade Runner is the world of Blade Runner. I mean, there's like what um, thirty years difference between them, I believe, or so. Whenever they they release and in, in the world, you know, the ideas of there's robots and, and androids, and you know, they don't know that they're androids, or they do, and you know, what is what does their life mean? What does it mean? Um, and I believe there's also other planets, right? Like uh, even Jared Leto was on like another planet when he was playing his creepy blind person in his movie. <laughs> Um, heck heck if i know <laughs> yeah but like i'm saying the idea of blade runner there's a lot to be done with it i agree with you um and i just think you know um it might be something that they could do for the less money on 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 a tv yeah. budget or I, or you know and, and get more people i don't know you're right it's, i mean it's a I, very interesting choice i mean i already know that they are um they're making like animated serialized versions they've made like short films all in the blade runner universe so yeah you can tap into that pretty well and production wise 
kind of the the nice thing about it, right, is uh, if you're Android or whatever, it just they look like people. So you yeah. just cast an actor. You don't have to do anything like that. And uh, who knows, maybe they'll use like a volume type setup to do this show, right? Because that's one thing that's great about Blade Runner is kind of like the rich kind of futuristic world, right? So um, throw that up on the Unreal Engine dome, right? On that yeah. screen in the background, you're good to go. Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, to, to not um, to not be too much of that person, I think a, a Blade Runner prequel um, showing how the androids were created and their use would be very interesting. Because um, we kind of get into the point where they're like, they're working... Um, and they're hunting down the rogue ones, but we don't know exactly what they're doing, right? We just mm-hmm. never, they're, they're, they've gone rogue, and um, Harrison Ford uh, is hunting them, and maybe he has one, we don't know. But I, mm-hmm. I think there's an opportunity to, like, hey, the creation of the androids, how do we create them, how do we make them human? I, I think there's some, some story in there to, to implement them early on, but, um, you know, we're not um, 100% prequel people along the way, so um, I don't know, we'll, we'll see that. But on the other side... What I meant to say earlier, because I jumped to it on accident, is Lord of the Rings will have a um, trailer for its Rings of Power show during the Super Bowl. Um, there are, um, I am jumping around again. God damn, um, Lord of the Rings. So I'm gonna I'm gonna switch these notes around. So <laughs> the Rings of Power has a live action. There's a lot of Lord of the Rings stuff today. Uh, Lord of the Rings, um, Rings of Power has some live action. So there's some shots I've seen um, floating around of like people and like, you know, uh, uh, fields. And maybe some some like other places, but apparently um, you're familiar with uh, Galadriel and Elrond in the in the original movie trilogy. Yeah, I, I I'm somewhat familiar. <laughs> yeah, so apparently they will be in this um, this they they have different actors. Yeah, because uh, they're like you're talking about the elf characters, right? Yes. Yeah, because yeah, um, they they have like the long lifespans, right? So it would make sense that they would still be alive. Yeah, and also it's you know Kate Blanchett and um, uh, guy who played Agent Smith, um, Hugo. <laughs> yeah, Weaving. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah Hugo Weaving uh, were, were the original ones. So this would be much younger. You know, the second age, hundreds if not thousands of years before this. So um, yeah, I remember looking at the at the the shots when they were released the other day. It looks it looks beautiful, right? I mean, this is exactly what you would want these first set shots to I guess they're not set shots necessarily. I think they're more like just screen grabs from from what they've been filming, but it looks it looks great, right? You know, like we just said, Amazon has a ton of money. Uh, if anybody can kind of pull off the budget for the Lord of the Rings show, it's this studio, and we know it's expensive. I don't remember the dollar amounts, right? But that was one of the first kind of news bits that came out after the show was announced that this is going to be like one of the most expensive things on TV. So um, yeah, and I'm I'm surprised it's coming out so soon. I feel like it was just announced like a year ago, and we weren't going to be seeing anything for like five years. But I guess. Uh, Time yeah. is a flat circle, and I've lost all semblance of it. <laughs> yeah, well, and also, I mean, I believe that when you mentioned, but I believe it's supposed to be upwards of $1 billion for this series, this first season. So um, hopefully it looks good in action rather than just the still shots that you can doctor up a little bit. So I'm hoping that this live action uh, trailer that we get today really, really sells because I think, you know, that there's, they'll probably spend a lot of money, maybe not a 30 second, possibly even 60 second spot here, Mike, to really, you know, sell us this. So I want to mm-hmm. see this. I want to see some magic, damn it. Give us some hobbits and their second lunch. The only thing I can get behind. So <laughs> um, that's coming. And other Lord of the Rings news, this is what I was trying to get to earlier, and I keep jumping over it, is that uh, the movie and game rights for the Lord of the Rings franchise are coming up for sale. Um, I believe, uh, who who made the original movies? Is, is, that, is that Legendary? Leg- legendary, I believe. Yeah. 
Um, so the the I think the franchise rights are going to sell, and I believe Amazon is like the first person in line. Of course, they're like we we have the rings of power. We want all the Lord of the Rings rights, so we can make everything going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I don't see that being a problem, right? Like, I mean, um, Amazon I mean, that has would be money a... to do it. Yeah, I mean, that would be interesting to see. I didn't really think of the 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 future of the franchise beyond this streaming series, right? I mean, it would make sense to um, make a, more films later down the line, right? You know, do you expand further back in time, you know, past uh, what happens with Frodo and Mordor? I don't know. I'm not a purist when it comes to the Salmarinian. Sal, I don't see. I don't even know how to say it. The so the, the the dictionary for Lord yeah. of the Rings, right? You know, I don't really know a whole lot about the franchise, but um, yeah, like you, like we've like a lot of people have said before, you don't spend all of you don't spend all of this money to not do anything, right? So if uh, if Amazon does acquire MGM, if they do get these rights for Lord of the Rings, you know that they're going to be making new stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's not the Tolkien estate. Apparently, it's the Zanes company who has holdings in this, and it's valued of around $2 billion for the purchase to um, to have exploits in film, video games, merchandising, live events, and even theme parks. Could you imagine a Lord of the Rings theme park? Oh, like- I wonder... <laughs> I wonder if Bezos would want to actually build a new theme park or would they just do the thing that every other brand does and just like license it to like universal. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe they put it in the metaverse. Uh, oh God, know, Chris, go you again, yeah, twice already this episode, uh, you're bringing up. The metaverse. Well, it, it's just funny because I could imagine them being like, Oh, do you want some, some Lord of the Rings NFTs? Uh, oh, you want to own your own little Hobbit hole in, in, in Hobbiton. I, I can see them easily doing stupid shit like that. And, and just, I'm, I'm laughing at it now, hopefully before it becomes true. Um, <laughs> but you know, at the same time, you know, I could see them universal making, you know, uh, uh, very much a, Lord of the Rings theme park, right? Like they they've done the Avatar, the movie at Disney. Like why would they not, you know, kind of kind of do that kind of thing? But um, uh, I I think this is an interesting point here. Um, I it was New Line, not Legendary, by the way. Uh, who who did the movies? Um, I would love to to you know dive more into Lord of the Rings, but hopefully they make it palatable for the um commoners such as ourselves. Uh, we we're like I said, we're not precious on lord of the rings my precious get it it's a joke um, oh, but Chris. yeah i know I, I'm, I'm trying to make this work here uh but you know at the same <laughs> time, I, I i don't think it's bad it's not a bad universe to go into right like there's a lot here um the the rise the, the extreme rise of fantasy especially like dungeons and dragons and things like that over the past couple of years really makes us like a almost like you know a, a, a pop culture a, a you know, have your thumb on the pulse of society and you can easily make Lord of the Rings even bigger, uh, 20 years later than the original movie. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited, uh, for this. So we'll, we'll keep you guys posted as we, we jump through that. Uh, in uh, weird news, um, didn't expect this Futurama is getting revived Mike at uh, Hulu. Um, a 20 episode season, I believe or a return. And, but, um, the voice of Bender, was it John DiMaggio? Joe? Not, mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, John, John. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's possibly he's not signed on for a return as Bender yet. Uh, they're apparently still working out his contract. Um, I would say he's probably the most well-known voice actor on the show. Um, that character is very much a staple of Futurama. Uh, when you, when you think of it, do you think of him saying, kiss my shiny metal ass? <laughs> uh, yeah. But. Yeah, it's been it's been very decisive in my Twitter feed over the last couple of days because um, 
the uh, the reports are, um, and even John DiMaggio shared this uh, Entertainment Weekly article uh, that stated uh, he is looking for uh, more money to return, but the other actors that have uh, voiced all the other iconic characters have signed off on the on the money. So some people are saying like, oh, he doesn't deserve to get paid more than the other main leads of the show. Mm-hmm. Some people are saying, oh, no, John is just trying to raise the ceiling for all the voice actors so they all get paid more. Uh, I, I think the fact of the matter is like, you know, whether or not Bender is or isn't the most popular or iconic character or whatever, actors almost always get paid on the history of their acting, right? It's not necessarily always the importance of what they are in the show, right? Yeah. It's how many credits they have behind them, how busy that they are in a given calendar year, right? Now, if, if John DiMaggio has been an X number of things more than any of the other voice actors, their time is more valuable. So you can't just necessarily, you know, write John off for like trying to be like money grubbing. Like this is a business. He's a very talented voice actor and he's really well respected in the voice acting community. He made like a whole documentary about uh, voice acting that I watched a few years back. That was really, really fun. Um, So he he, he is very much, I mean, if you go look at his, his Wikipedia or his IMDb, you will see he is not a, this is not his he's not a one trick pony if you will yeah what you're trying to say like and i'm not and i'm not saying the other voice actors are like deadbeats or anything like that no 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 they're all still working they're all still doing a great job but it's just like it's up to it's up to a person of like how much they feel like they're worth and how much their time is uh valuable um also but when it just comes to the general news right of more futurama eh I don't really know. Like the original run of Futurama is iconic. It's amazing. It's some of the best television ever made, right? Both, but both every, of them. Every, <laughs> it's already every, been canceled once and brought back. Yeah, but every time it's been renewed and brought back either in movie form or series form, like it's just gotten a little less entertaining to me. Uh, so it, it still has like all of like what you want in the show there, but it just feels like a little less magical and special every time it comes back. So uh, well. who who knows? I'm not super excited. I'm not really going to be there day one to watch it as as soon as it drops. Well, um, but I, can, I, I love Futurama. I would like to see what they do. Because I think, you know, to, to the point of the last season when it was brought back and ended, it ended on a really, really good episode, right? Like the series finale was almost perfection. The the time travel loop of, of Fry and Leela being together and, and trying to be together forever. Like that is... Uh, an amazing ending to the story because this show has some great episodes, right? I mean, everyone knows, remembers Fry's Dogs episode. Like, mm-hmm. every, like this show, despite it being a goofy play on you know, um, you know what the the future really looks like, it is is still got some some heart heart to it um, with that. And I, I I I'm excited to see where it goes, but I'm not I'm not like I I wasn't clamoring for bring it back, bring it back because it ended on such a really really good yeah note. Um, it is funny though because John DiMaggio voices a robot, and it would be so insanely easy to write in the story why Bender has a different voice, right? Mm-hmm. You know, software yeah. update or, or anything like that. But I, the show definitely won't be the same without John DiMaggio uh, voicing Bender. Yeah. So, well, he's hopefully they of, hopefully they can figure that out. Well, he's on one of your favorite shows you're watching right now, Inside Job. Um, so he's he's that you're watching that one, right? Is that you? No, what? My no, friend Brian is watching Inside Job. It's, <laughs> it's a it's a play. It's an animated series on Netflix where they're, uh, you know, uh, making fun of like uh, stuff like the that. deep, uh, the deep state, the yeah. deep state, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but and then I also saw he was on. Da, 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 uh, he's still um, on Disenchantment. Um, the guy who created um, Simpsons, Futurama, Matt Groening, his new sh- mm-hmm. his show on Netflix. He's still doing Disenchantment on Netflix. So um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm I we'll see we'll see what the trailer looks like. They could also go back and just redo his voice if they if they ever sign back in. So um, definitely not too bad uh, over there. Um, keep keep it going. Uh, big reveal this week: Obi Wan Kenobi. May twenty fifth release date, Mike. One little one little teaser poster and a May twenty fifth release date. Do you think we will get a trailer today in the next three hours? I mean, that would be great, right? You know, gotta show up with something Star Wars at the what? at the big game, right? Why, why would you give us a poster and nothing else? Because I will tell yes. you right now, non spoilers, there is no Obi Wan Kenobi thing on the on the season finale of Boba Fett. It is not touched at all. So Mm-hmm. You're gonna give us a poster and a release date. You need to give us a trailer next. So, I feel like this is the next logical step for us today to, to see something here. I'm I'm honestly kind of surprised to see it's being released released in May and it's not May fourth. You know, Star Wars Day. So I would assume May fourth would if there's not a trailer today. You know, there'll be like a second trailer, all right, that comes yeah. out May fourth. Um, oh yeah, exactly. That would make the most sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's a lot of Star Wars properties this year that you know they can they can they can do some reveals with. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, a teaser today and something fuller closer to May perfectly fine. Uh, they usually do it the same month anyway over there. So we'll, we'll let you know. We'll, oh we'll man, May Fourth is even a Wednesday too. Like mm-hmm. they yeah. really were teed up for that day. Oh, well, man. yeah, they, they they people were 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 thinking about it, but I again. I think Disney as a whole, with Doctor Strange coming out that week, um, I, I think I think it's some some uh, synergy yeah. going on there. That yeah, week, I so. could see that. Uh, also in Star Wars news, uh, for the Ahsoka show, uh, actor Ray Stevenson, who you might know from Thor, he was Volstag, the bigger guy uh, mm-hmm. in Thor movies, or he was the Punisher, literally in Punisher Warzone and other movies, has been cast in a villain role for the show, um, but he is not Thrawn, so. Don't get your hopes up, Mike. He's not gonna be blue. Da-ba-dee. Hopes Da-ba-da. are not up. Hopes are not up. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, uh, do you think Star Wars does blue characters really well lately? <laughs> I've been liking the blue yeah. characters so far. The blue, the blue characters so far. So um, we don't have much else on this, but I figured I'd throw it in there, and we'll talk about it more when uh, that pops up. Possibly a trailer for Ahsoka on May the fourth, Mike. I would not put it past it. No. Oh, yeah. Uh, that is our news episode for today. We are going to jump into the book of Boba Fett. This is the series finale. This is the last episode. This is all it. All cards are on the table. The whole book has been read. It's been closed, put back on the shelf. We're going to talk about it. So spoilers, ahoy, people. If you've not watched it, go watch it. Come back. Then you can listen. Um, and if not, you know, whatever. You can listen to it. But I don't know why you would listen to us before you watch it. That's a weird thing to do. But, you know, teach their own. Um... So, the Book of Ophet ended with a series finale. Uh, what I liked about this episode, Mike, is that it is nonstop pretty much action from the get-go, right? Like, it, mm-hmm. it picks up with the last one, and it just goes, and it goes, and it goes, which I really enjoyed. However, what I'm going to say I don't like about this episode is this town feels really empty if he's protecting the people of it. 
Yeah. <laughs> There's like there, no one else around, but the small group of people he's fighting with and against. Yeah. This is a very strange show overall. And this is maybe something that they'll have to figure out with star Wars in general, moving forward of how much are we going to see of this desert planet or just desert planets in general? So Chris, I know you have a little bit more yeah. uh, knowledge of the star Wars universe than I do, or just you've retained a lot more of it than I have. Um, there is like basically two desert planets in Star Wars, right? There's Tatooine and then like Jakku, which is just yes. kind of talked about a little bit. So it's mainly Tatooine, right? And that's where yeah. Mos Eisley's is. And um, where, what's the city that Boba Fett's trying to take over? Um, what's it called? Mos, is it Mos Palgo? Mos, Mos no. Palgo or Vespa or Mos something? It's a Mos yeah. something, right? Yeah. So this desert planet, right? It's getting so much love on Disney+. Plus. We got the Boba Fett show. Mandalorian was there for at least like a season and a half. Uh, yeah. it, it looks like the Obi-Wan show is at least going to take place yeah. a lot on this planet. So uh, why is this planet so important? They're, it yeah. seems like they're, they're doing their best to try to flesh it out, but like, yeah. I don't really care about um tatooine anymore i want to go other places in this galaxy far far away well it it says something when the best boba fett episodes are the ones where he's not in it right um it's not because it's the character is bad it's because we actually got to see you know uh, mandalorian was on that halo looking spaceship uh learning how to fight and then literally we got to see the luke skywalker um planet what yavin for wherever he's training the jedi at right like and they're very visually different it's it's something to do something to look at and while you know i i don't know if they filmed this during you know a a lockdown or that affected why they only have several locations but they only have like maybe what four locales in this ep in this whole series really other than those two episodes where they're like we're at the um the party place we're at the uh you know um i said Jabba's yeah. palace but it's boba fett's palace or we're at the uh out just in the desert hanging out on yeah. the, the it, sands it it really shows when like fennec has to go on her last dish effort to drive to most Eisley, i think where yeah. the um where the Pike syndicate is kind of their bases on the planet. Mm-hmm. And like, she's driving from like basically one desert town to another and you can't really tell much of a difference. And she's just, I was like, Oh, is that down the street or how far yeah. is that away on the planet? That being said, like this is, this is the funny thing about the book of Boba Fett. I could go on and on and on and criticize the hell out of this show. And I think it's very deserved a criticism, but I still had a fun time. Yeah. And I think that's because, especially after season three of The Mandalorian comes out, right? And then subsequent seasons come down the line. When you really zoom out, the book of Boba Fett isn't even really a TV show. It's not even a standalone property. It's almost like this little side story in well, The Mandalorian it, that just we happened to focus on it, for a couple weeks. Well, to to that point, they did say book of Boba Fett is Mandalorian 2.5. Mm-hmm. They, they did set that expectation early on but now that we're we're at the end of it that hindsight really says yeah this really is mando <laughs> yeah. 2.5 yeah and up. yeah because it was seven episodes right yes, seven episodes yeah so but really just five episodes and then a lot of that was flashback and i'm not saying the flashback was unnecessary right i actually yeah. really enjoyed the flashback with uh with the Tuscans, but that really didn't circle back around. I kind yeah. of thought like his adoptive family would at least come back up thematically. And mm-hmm. it, it really didn't. Uh, but I had a hell of a time yeah. watching the rancor, 
yeah. right? I mean, there was that reveal shot that I'm pretty sure was practical. Or there was there was practical. a lot. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, rubbering and puppeteering for that rancor mm-hmm. in some of those shots. So I, I applaud them for like, oh, this is probably the same model they use in Return of the Return of the Jedi, actually, mm-hmm. and and just do a, a nose ring on it because that was really really cool to see that. I agree. I agree. Yeah. The, the were those uh were those big destroyer droids are those brand new or did those show up in the clone wars the, at those some were not in the clone in wars but they okay. feel like huge droidekas right like the the, yeah. the holy droids because i think they yeah. rolled out didn't they before they they maybe they didn't they never uh, rolled no they're, out, but they feel i didn't like see it. any wrong but they yeah. had the big shield and those things those were cool those were tanks they did a really good job demonstrating like the kind of the limitations of what our heroes could do with them yeah. you know when they were shooting the shields i just kept thinking just walk through them you know we saw yeah. in the prequels you could walk through the gungan shields right and then yeah. like oh no they actually couldn't walk through those so yeah, the, the uh, lightsaber couldn't even cut through it um yeah it was a it was a presence. Yeah, I, I mean, um, I, at no point did I not think um, the the people of Freetown were going to show up. Um, you know, it, it was like one of those things where you know, oh my gosh, is that is worse? Oh, something else shows up. Oh, something worse is. It was very much a a back and forth, right? Like a like a lob and a and a toss. Yeah. Like also kind of like, like bad <laughs> When I saw the people of Freetown like show up, I was also just kind of confused because like what they've shown a free town is like four buildings. Like how many people could be showing up? We don't have any context of like how big any of this stuff is on this planet. There was, a, there was about so, six people who got out of that car. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you. So, yeah. I just kind of had to sit back and like kind of let it wash, you know, wash over me. This very much kind of feels like, you know, when a brand new like Marvel movie is going to come out, there's like a companion comic book that you don't have to read. Right. But yeah. you know, it'll explain why C3PO, has like you know a red arm arm, right nobody nobody you don't need to know but it shows up in the movie that's really what book of boba fett really feels like to me and and it would literally be a book then it would be a comic book so i i think the benefit here is that the book of boba fett doesn't feel like it's robbing me of more mandalorian right like Mm -hmm. i don't feel like oh i have to wait an extra year now to see Mandalorian because this is taking up its slot. You know, we got yeah. to see it earlier in the year. So I think that's what's really being beneficial. There's, well, I, I would add to that that it also, I mean, to, to you know, good or bad, it gets to the point where is Grogu going to get back with the Mando? Yes, he is. They already did that in Book of Boba Fett. We don't have to spend two or three episodes <laughs> of The Mandalorian doing that yeah. because he's already with him. He's got a spaceship that has a little cockpit for him now mm-hmm. they, that goes fast. Uh, so, like, it's actually building us up, like, some pre prequel or, or not some prequel, some, like, preliminary stuff for Book of Boba Fett or Mandalorian Season 3 that we don't have to go into. It, they can just go right into the story. It is kind of strange to me, though, because the Book of Boba Fett basically resets the status quo for Mandalorian. He had this big emotional scene where he had to let go of Grogu, right? And Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody was um, prepared for that or exactly how long this situation might last. And you would think they would put all of this really important Mandalorian stuff in his own show. Now, obviously, you have a Disney Plus subscription already if you're watching Mando. Nothing's stopping you from going to watch this. But I think it's going to be very, very funny to to witness somebody who's just very casual only watching Mandalorian. They boot, they boot up season three, and then they show you the previously on, and you're just like, wait a minute. I don't remember this from season two. Wait, he, he's back with Grogu? He's got a new ship? What is going on here? So... 
Uh, I think that will be funny. I don't yeah. think that's going to be the majority of people, um, yeah. especially with our very online world of people telling yeah. you, oh, well, no, at least just go watch these. They'll probably, before season three comes out, they'll say, like, recommended viewing. And even if they don't have the whole show, at least two or three episodes, the last two to three episodes of, the, of Book of Boba mm-hmm. Fett on there, right? Because like, um, I will say... The, one of the cool parts of this was literally seeing Boba Fett and Mandalorian with their jetpacks and their rockets and their, their blasters. Just taking yeah. taking guys. Like, that's a video game moment to me. I'm like, man, that would be pretty fucking cool to play, wouldn't it? Because even, like, <laughs> Boba Fett's doing his his knee rockets and shooting left. Like, he's doing all sorts of shit out there with his, like, he's got his whole arsenal at his disposal. And he uses yeah. it in this episode. He's not holding anything back. He shoots the back rocket off. Like yeah. you said, the knee rockets. Flamethrowers abound mm-hmm. from... Cad Bane and Boba Fett. Oh yeah, he's he's they're they're up in the air. They're zooming around. They're doing stuff. You're watching the Beskar armor get shot. He's using it as a shield. You know, um, it was it was pretty cool to see. Um, I did I was disappointed that at no point did he drive um the uh, uh the, I think he didn't drive the dark saber into the eye of the robot at any point, did he? He just like stuck it in the top of it. I'm like. That'd have been cool if he took down one of those big droids with the light dark saber right through the eyeball, like, mm-hmm. and just blinded it. But it's uh, funny. I keep I keep forgetting that uh, Mando even has the dark saber. Like, I'm sure somebody was just when they were watching that scene of just use the dark saber. I bet that could yeah. break the shield. And then he busts it out and it doesn't work. Yeah. To me, I just keep forgetting that he has it. Yeah. So I, it wasn't that much of an yeah. addition uh, for me. But it so, is it, it's cool. It goes to show you how desperate he is. Right? Yeah. He's pulling out every all the stops. Yeah, yeah. Every everyone had had a good chance to shine in this. Um, you know, I, there there was. I didn't expect the actual team to turn his back on like the other people, the other things. So like, you mm-hmm. know, everyone literally betrayed Boba Fett in this. Uh, all all the clans, um, and even like they they killed his little his little uh, pig face dudes off the cliff. Oh yeah, sad. they fell. <laughs> Uh, and but but you know I thought that they were gonna kill uh, Kersantan at the end of this. I was like, oh no, they've got him. But he he fought his way out all the way back, and then you know, literally everyone everyone made a dramatic entrance down that damn out down that street at some point, right? Like, and by the time they got to the end, someone else came up behind them. I'm like, this is like a parade of people walking down this alleyway. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of the very 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 end, is that Timothy yeah. Oliphant? Yes, yeah, so I was gonna say, to are tank? you are you excited that you know? Um, you know, Cobb Vanth isn't dead and he's going to get some robotic enhancements along well, the way too. I think what they should have done, like if they were going to put him in that tank, they, I think they, they, Cad Bane should have visibly wounded him a lot more. Cause it's very obvious that he just gets shot in the shoulder in yeah. that episode, in that standoff. Uh, whereas his, his other, you know, friend gets like shot, like right in like the gut or the chest or something like that. Yeah. So I feel like if they wanted it to really be a reveal, maybe maim him a little bit more or something, well, or make us think yeah. he is actually dead. Yeah. Well, they, they kind of, they didn't really allude to him being alive until the end. So it could have gone, it could have gone either way. Uh, but you're right. I'm, I'm excited to see what, what robotic parts he's getting um, and how mm-hmm. that comes into effect in the Mandalorian. Uh, I will say, Cad Bane's not dead, right? His his chest plate was still beeping uh, after he got slightly stabbed. With, with yeah, I was I was trying to figure out what that like. What does that mean? What does that mean when his chest plate beeps? Is that yeah. him sending a signal to somebody? No, I, I, I think it's a, I think it's like a life. Uh, like like Darth Vader's chest plate, like it's like some Maybe. real life uh, thing. Hopefully, I mean, I I mean, I know it's Star Wars, it's a futuristic galaxy, but hopefully they don't step in the in the sticky mess that uh, the Kingsman Two did, right? Mm-hmm. Of that crazy like 
headshot medication, right? Of like, oh, we put this inflating bag around your head and you can survive a shot to the brain. It's just like, no, don't do that. You can't just like make everybody come back to life, you know? Right. But at the same time, like he, he slightly got stabbed. There was like, if you, if you're talking about, if you want to kill him for good, maim him better than just a slight stab wound when he's on the ground. Mm -hmm. Plus he's an alien. I don't know his anatomy. So on and so forth. Yeah. That, that is always kind of like the, the mushiness, right. Of the star Wars universe. It's just like, well, we don't know where Cad Bane's vital organs are. Right. Yeah. And then, um, you know, again, Finnick Shand is already half robot because he saved her. We saw that a couple weeks ago. So, Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't bother me. Cad Bane. I'm glad they, uh, didn't kill him, but you know, it was glad to see, you this, the, the, the stick fighting actually come back into play here later, late, late in the game. Um, yeah, overall, like you said, it's, it's, it's not the best thing in the world. We could literally go through and, and drag this through the mud if we wanted to, but I don't want to, because I had a good time in star Wars. I, I wish a, the sets were different. Um, but like at the same time, I'm like, yeah, this is pretty fun. I enjoyed it. It's this. a good it's a good time killer, right? You know, yeah. we're just out here trying to pass the time, waiting for the next like big premium thing. Mm-hmm. And this just felt like, you know, they have it. This this is honestly probably one of the advantages of like, you know, having all of these characters and the volume and set around. Maybe this show only gets made, right? Because it is in a desert environment, yeah. right? You know, it's really easy to kind of set all of these shots up, but um, oh. Yeah, thematically, story-wise, I would say everything with Boba Fett is extremely weak. I don't think anybody watching this show cared whether or not he completed his goal by the end of like mm-hmm. taking over the city because like he's supposed to be a good guy. He isn't a good guy. He's a mob boss. He does want tithings from people, or maybe he doesn't want tithings from people. He wants to make the city a safer, better place, but he's okay with crime as long as it's not spice it's just very unclear who boba is uh they say he softens he like they go out of the way to say he softens as he get older but you know what does that even mean is he getting like nicer but but as long as they're throwing raincores in front of me i guess i'm having a good time i i am horribly disappointed that fennec shan killed everyone in that tent and did not bring the leader of the pikes to boba to to have his way with to like mm. maybe even feed to his rancor. Wouldn't that have been fucking like sweet justice or like- Yeah, and then maybe the camera like pans over and there's like a like a like a Tuscan Raider yeah. like headpiece or helmet or maybe like yeah. a Tuscan Raider kid or something like that playing around just to kind of bring it full circle. But yeah. we never really have that moment like that. No, no. At, at no point did I think that the Tuscans were actually killed by the motorcycle gang or whatever the, the desert it, it, it just kind of like Phoenix Shan showed up, killed everybody. And that was it. I'm like, well, that's disappointing. Like that's, yeah. I wish there was you know, more to that. It's done, but I wish there was more to it. Yeah. Also, I didn't, I didn't know. I, I, I thought the motorcycle gang uh, did it. I never assumed it was the Pikes. Right. But when the Pikes revealed that they did it, I didn't care. Like I was yeah. like, I don't care who, who killed yeah. the Tuscans nece- necessarily. Like, yeah. and I, you kind of, and the way that they alluded to it, Cad Bane was just like, Oh, you he doesn't know like i expected like tamara morrison to like fucking go into like a rage and go animalistic and he only really does that when he's just trying to like get out of that one kind of blown up bar like and that's more of like he's really amped up because he's trying to save his own life not really because he's trying to get revenge you know yeah yeah, exactly. And he, well, he did there at the end um, to Cad Bane. I guess he he channeled that with the stick. To... Yeah, but Cad Bane was just like a hired hand. It's not even really. Well, revenge. Yeah, but, I'm just, but I'm just, <laughs> well, it was. Watch, watch, uh, 
What's the Clone Wars and it is revenge. Well, it's it's revenge towards Cad Bane, but not yeah. for his adoptive yeah. family. <laughs> yeah. You will you, you'll learn a lot more about I, I, Cad Bane again. One of my favorite characters, I think. I think um, so. I'm glad. I hopefully he's not dead. Um, he doesn't need to be in everything, but used sparingly. I think he's a very very vicious presence. So um, I recommend him in Clone Wars. I think um, the last thing uh, I have is I'm really really concerned. I didn't think about this. Was Max Rebo in that bar when it blew up? Where's my Max oh, Rebo? Oh my god! Maybe he's got little jetpacks. Yeah. Like, and he just took off. <laughs> god, I hope I hope he he had a day off. He just had a day off, and he didn't go to that gig because if he was at that gig, <laughs> well, I'm gonna be really disappointed. Um, in the show, that would be my only complaint is that they killed they they killed Max Rebo. Um, well, maybe it was like Max Bebo or something. Maybe it was just a similar looking <laughs> robot. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think. Um, Overall, I mean, it's, a, it's an easy recommend to watch if you're a Star Wars fan. It's not a hard watch. It's really fun. I think I think there's highlights. Um, there's some low points in the in the in this, but overall, it's highlights, right? Like I think Star Wars mm-hmm. is good. The quality of the show, the the, the they make a great looking show, a great sounding show, always always solid throughout. So yeah. e- easily recommend it. Yeah, weirdly enough, just go watch the last three episodes and just pretend you're watching more Mandalorian because mm-hmm. even the very last episode, there's so much Mando and Baby Yoda in it, you would just assume that yeah. it's Mandalorian. So yeah. I'm actually would be really curious, you know, if you could find a person that just didn't want to watch the Book of Boba Fett, right, and just yeah. have them watch the last three episodes and and just tell them, like, oh, no, this is just more Mandalorian. Like, oh, okay, that's kind of weird. But Yeah, two, <laughs> it's, it's Mando 2.5 is what we're yeah. getting while we wait. Um, so yeah, yep. Yeah, that's, that's what we think on that. Um, next week we, uh, have you been, have you, are you caught up on Peacemaker? Yes. I'll cut up. Okay. okay. Well, next week's the last episode. Well, maybe we'll, we'll get a Peacemaker uh, coverage. Yeah. Next week, right? Yeah. We'll do a, we'll do a Peacemaker recap next week. Yeah. So, um, that's it for the show, Mike. It's time to go start making snacks for the Super Bowl. Uh, so if people know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at? They can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, where can they find you? Find me on Instagram, Valdan87, or Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. If people want to know more about the show, what we're doing, um, where can they find us at? They can find us at superheroslate.com. That's the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. So we talked about a lot of uh, cool stuff in today's show notes. So if you want to see those trailers... That uh, Warner Brothers uh, teaser clip, you know, mm. all of this stuff is in our show notes. It's great. Um, if you want to subscribe, if you're not already, we're on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts like our own. You can like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. Please reach out. We love hearing from you. Uh, if you uh, if you want to be a super fan, you know, send us your uh, Super Bowl ingredients uh, or recipes. Not ingredients. Recipes have ingredients, though, uh, because I'll even look back at them a year later, multiple years later, when I want to make stuff for next year's Super Bowl. Um, and, of course, uh, stay tuned. There might possibly be a part two for today, but don't be surprised if you don't see one if we're not too engaged by what was revealed at the yeah. Super Bowl this year. But we love our super fans, so if you want to be the super fan of this show, uh, like Jim, who I'm going to be making his uh, chili cheese dip today, just all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, stay healthy out there, everybody, and we will be back next week, like Chris said, with that Peacemaker recap. That's right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.